I've really enjoyed uh, this little series I'm doing here. This is my third out of four weeks, and in the future, I would hope if you saw me, you'd just say, hey, that's that walk guy, because we've been focusing on this, this word walk, and um, God had uh, created a nation, and he said there was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they walked before me, and then he called a nation to walk before him as well. And uh, that's what we're looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture out of the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah is known as the what prophet? The weeping prophet, because they were, uh, they were not walking before him. As a matter of fact, it's a time in which it says both prophet and priest are liars. They, uh, they're lying to you about uh, the pathway that God would have you to walk and it says you actually despise the word of God and you, uh, you don't even blush when you don't follow me and it's going to cost you dearly for getting off that path. Well, uh, before we begin looking at that, I'm going to first of all arrange some stuff here. Um, but I, we have a, hopefully a slide up behind me that really ties in with uh, what we're talking about today. This is an image of a Greek god that was on a coin called Janus. Janus, is where we get our word January, most scholars believe, is the, the god of new beginnings or the door of gateways. The, the door or the, the door, the transition, it's when you stop and you look at a fork in the road and you decide which way you're going to go. It's, it's the, he was the god of decisions, decisions about your life. And uh, you have to make a decision. After all, Yogi Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, what? No one knows? Take it, yeah. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. You can't stand there forever. Well, this morning is actually going to be a pretty serious passage to deal with because the consequences of not doing it can, uh, can be powerful. And you know, today we live in a time where there's a lot of liars out there, both prophet and priest and politician. Everybody, everybody's trying to tell you which way to walk, and uh, they're not necessarily telling you the truth. Now, I almost wore these, but everybody's seen these, haven't they? What are these called? Liars suspenders. You can make an inch anything you want it to be. Just stretch it out, you know? And, uh, but you can also do this. This is a fisherman's ruler. There's 24 inches on that. Starts out an inch is an inch, and then, you know, uh, you want to have a 24-inch fish, right? Not just a 12-inch fish. But I tell you what, we live in a world in which you can stretch the truth, you can squelch the truth, and everybody has their own truth. You know, that's even a statement today. Well, that's your truth. You know, I, I've thought before, if, let's say, if I ran a grocery store, somebody said, came in, they said, uh, I wanted a dozen eggs, I'd give them 10. They say, there's only 10. They said, yeah, well, 10's a dozen to me. <laughs> I can make a dozen whatever I want it to be. That's the world that we live in. However, the consequences of our choices can be very severe, both good and bad. The passage in Jeremiah during a very, very difficult time in their history in which they were not walking with the Lord 
the Lord warns them and he says, this is what the Lord says. You're listening to a lot of other voices, but what is the Lord saying? Now, let's stop for a moment. Where do you go for direction? You know, that's uh, all capitals. Whenever you see all capitals, it means the, the creator of the universe, the one who said, I am that I am, the one who said to Moses, I've heard the cries of my people and I've come down to deliver them. He is the creator of the entire universe. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the I am that I am. And yet he hears the cries of his people and comes down to deliver them and to put them on the right path. This is what the Lord says. And then it says this. Stand at the crossroads and look. You know, you don't get anywhere when you're standing. But you also don't get more lost when you're standing, right? Stand at crossroads and look. Well, there was a story on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, I think this was up in Pennsylvania somewhere. I had spent the night by the trail, and then I got up in the morning, I walked a few hours, and I decided to stop and uh, eat lunch. So I stopped and ate lunch, and somehow, after I ate lunch, I started back the wrong way. And I had kind of an inkling it might be, but you know what that's like? You don't want to admit the truth. I walked a few hours, and doggone it, there was where I slept the night before. <laughs> I spent a day going forward and backwards, or backwards and then forwards again back to where I was. But what was the problem? I didn't want to admit to myself that I was on the wrong path, that I was wasting time. I should have stopped, and then I would have gotten less lost and lost less time. Abraham Lincoln said, I might walk slow, but I never walk backwards. <laughs> you know, if you're not positive that you're on the right path of life, that you're listening to the Lord, it's best that you just stand still. Stand, it says, at the crossroads and look. Look back. That's what Janice does, looks back and look forward. And I think we could go on to the next slide here that's got the passage. Whoops. Where to find rest? Okay, the next. There we go. Stand at the crossroads and look. By the way, are you at a crossroads today? Any big decisions on the horizon? Decisions can have eternal consequences. You might be here today and your decision is, am I actually going to give my life to Jesus Christ? Am I going to respond to his spirit knocking on my heart's door? Am I going to say yes to Jesus? And by the way, when you say yes to Jesus, it will imply a million no's throughout your life. The one big yes will mean a million no's and a million other yeses in light of that. Stand at the crossroads and look, look back. Where have I been? If I continue on my life the same way I am on it, on this path, where will it get me? And uh, you look forward, you think, if I continue on, where am I going? There's a great poem by Robert Frost on this stopping, taking some things in. Stopping by woods on snowy evening. Whose woods these are, I, I think I know. 
His house is in the village, though. He'll not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it's queer to stop without a farmhouse near. He stopped. Between the woods and the frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year, he gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there's some mistake. And the only other sound is the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. Unless you stop, you don't hear the quiet. You can't hear the voice of God either. God normally doesn't shout. He's typically that still, small voice. But you've got to stop. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. But you know the rest, don't you? The woods are lovely, dark, and deep. But I've got promises to keep. Miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. So he went on. When was the last time you actually stopped and thought through? I, it's decision time. I'm going through a doorway in life. I have big decisions to make. Whether I'm going to be serious about my faith or not and all the implications of light in light of that. And uh, I'm going to stop and I'm going to stand at this crossroads and uh, take it all in. Think through. Look ahead, look back, look around, and think about my life's trajectory and where I'm going to end up at. I need to stop. There's miles to go before you sleep. There's always miles to go before you sleep. But you may put a lot of miles in in the wrong direction. And then it says this, ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. Who would you ask? Who would you ask for directions? We've always had, we've all had this happen. You get kind of lost and you stop and you ask somebody, hey, could you tell me where? And they said, I'm not from here. <laughs> or I'm just visiting myself. Or I just moved here. It's like, oh, okay, I don't want to hear from you. What I want is the person you say, hey, could you tell me where? And say, I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> I know this place like the back of my hand. That's the person. I tell you where I want to go. I want to go to the Bible. Ask for that ancient path where the good way is. And, and I, I also want to go to people that are Bible-saturated. I want to go to old souls who have a lot of miles under their belt of walking in the right direction. And you can tell that that person may not have had an easy life, but they've been on the right path. Their life shows it. I don't want to ask somebody for directions that looks like they're lost themselves, do you? No. Somebody who seems to be on the right path. And uh, ask them where the good way is. Do you believe that God's way is the good way? I believe the biggest challenge in life is this. To believe that God is good and he actually does have your welfare in mind. We all learned a prayer when we were little. Uh, God is great. Yes, he's great. Flung out the stars, heaped up the mountains, scooped out the oceans. But is he good? God is great and God is good. Do you believe that God is good? If you don't believe God is good, if we don't believe God is good, we will really hesitate as to whether or not his pathway is good. Because sometimes he calls us to climb some tall mountains 
And everything within us screams, that'll be death to my dreams if I follow his path. Everything within my being says, no, I don't want to go that way. I want to take a shortcut or blue blaze in our other sermons. That it's the good way. God has your welfare in mind. And if you knew what he knew, you would choose that way too. You might say, well, I tried it and it didn't work. It says this, and walk in it. Not just agree with it, and walk in it. Actually get on that path and put some miles in it, or you'll never know for sure that it's a good path. Speaking of that, in Alice in Wonderland, there's this conversation. Would you tell me, please, Alice asked the cat, which way, by the way, uh, Next week was going to be a sermon on the word way out of the book of Acts. The early Christians all through the book of Acts were called people of the way because Jesus was the way. Would you tell me please, Alice asked the cat, which way I ought to go from here? Well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to, said the cat. Oh, I don't much care where, said Alice. Well, then it doesn't much matter which way you go, said the cat. Well, as long as I get somewhere, Alice added. Oh, you're sure to do that, said the cat. If you only walk long enough, you will get somewhere. Now, we're all walking. The Christian life is a walk. I took five million steps to do the Appalachian Trail. Life is made up of a whole lot more steps, and I think uh, that's the best way to look at life, is it is a walk, one step at a time in the right direction, on the right path to the right destination. And we need to stop and think, where are we going? And if you stay on the path, it matters where you're going. And if you keep on walking, you're sure to get somewhere, but we not, might not like where we get to when we get there. It's time to... Stand at the crossroads and look. Look forward, look backwards, look around. And ask where the good way is, that ancient path. You know, there's. A, I just read this article yesterday. We always hear about conversion stories. Do you know that now there's, there's people that are promoting deconversion stories? Why I left the faith? <laughs> and the major reason why... One of the major reasons why is they say, oh, those ancient paths that I was raised with, those are outdated. The Bible's outdated. I mean, this thing's thousands of years old. Think this through. We gathered this morning to study a book that the, the newest parts are 2,000 years old. What we're studying is much older than that, about 2,700 years old, I think it is. And we came together to get direction for today and tomorrow from that book? Amen. Yes. You see, methods of going down that road may change, but the road doesn't change. Meaning this, church doesn't look today like it used to, but the key is, are we singing songs that are true? Are we studying that which is true, striving to stay on the right path? One time in India, I saw the, amaz the most amazing sight. Right on the same road, 
I saw a Mercedes Benz, a rickshaw, uh, and a, uh, a, a camel going down the same road. And you know what? They were going to get the right, same destination, just a different way of getting down there. Well, that's an illustration of the fact that methods may change some, but the message stays the same, and the message is the word of God. Ask for those ancient paths, tried and true, well-worn by people you can trust, and their lives turned out well, and walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. You're going to find rest for your soul there. Is your soul at rest? How do you sleep? Do you worry about where your pathway is taking you? On the road, that may be difficult, and everything in, within you might scream out, that would be the death of my desires if I go that path. Rest assured, it's a good path to save you a lot of heartache, and you'll find rest for your soul. Trust me, Shakespeare said. No torture, the poet's name can match that fierce, unutterable pain he knows, who day and night, devoid of rest, carries his own accuser deep in his own breast. It's a fearful thing to know that you're not following the pathway when you claim to be a person of the way. Next slide says, there are moments in our lives when we find ourselves at a crossroads and the choices we make in those moments can define the rest of our days. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Let's think this through and think about where you're at right this moment. There are moments in our lives when we find ourselves at a crossroads and the choices we make in those moments can define the rest of our days. You know, when uh, I was a pastor at Trinity Church, we had a little room where the, the groom and the pastor would stand just before we were to walk out. We could see the, the bridemaids starting to come down the aisle. And then it was time for me to look at the groom and say, it's time for us to go out there. Well, there was a window in that room. And just a joke, every time we'd get ready to look out, I'd say, it's about time to go. There is that window. <laughs> you, can, you can get out of this. I never had a guy go through with that. Uh, and we walked out the door. But, man, that's one of those moments in life. But we have lots of those moments in life. Maybe today's your moment in life where today's the day of decision, as Billy Graham would say. Who's going to own your heart? Who's going to tell you which way to go, you or your creator? It's not in this passage, but do you know what the rest of this verse in Jeremiah 6.16 says, it gives the response in the same verse, and it says, I'll read it exact. But they, the Israelites, the chosen people, said, we will not walk in it. And they paid a heavy price. Seventy years in Babylonian captivity, 
atrocities occurring in Jerusalem, they paid a dear debt for uh, saying no. No, God. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 14, the fool has said in his heart, no, God, or there is no God, is how it reads. But the literal translation can be this way. The fool has said in his heart, no, God, no, I won't walk therein. Well, there's been some that have done that in the Bible we can look at, and it had severe repercussions. What about Adam and Eve? There was a momentous choice. And it affected us. Huh. That tree looks uh, good to the eyes. Delightful. Good to eat. And they ate it. And then we know the rest of the story, the fall. What about Cain? Cain was angry. Cain was jealous. God says... Um, Sin lies at the door like a lion and desires you. And you must master it. You've got to make the right choice. And you'll still be accepted. But he chose to kill his brother Abel. What about Joshua 24 when Israel was back to Shechem and they renew the covenant just before they go into the promised land? And Joshua says... Which is it going to be? Do you want the gods of Egypt? Do you want the gods of all the people that we've seen as we've journeyed here? Or do you want to serve the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and took care of you all this way? And then he says this, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me, in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He made a good decision. It says, and during his days, and also during the days of the elders of his time, they followed the Lord. But then there came a day when they didn't, and Elijah went up on a mountaintop, Mount Carmel, and they had the battle of the gods. And uh, he said to the Israelites there, he says, listen, how long are you going to jump back and forth? There's all different uh, translations. How long hop ye, jump back and forth, limp, back and forth between two opinions. If the Lord is God, then follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the next verse is amazing. It says, and they didn't say a word. They couldn't decide. How long are you going to jump back and forth between two opinions, two gods in a sense? Basically your own path and his path. What about that rich young ruler? Came to Jesus one day. He's a good guy. Tried to keep the law. And he says, uh, Jesus, uh, what do I need to do to gain eternal life? And Jesus went through a list. He said, I've done all that since my youth. He says, you only lack one thing. Go sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Well, Jesus only told him that because that was his God. And it says that this rich, young ruler went away, and he was sad. And it says, and Jesus was sad too, because Jesus loved him. But he made a bad decision that day. You know, I've often wondered, let's go forward. 
Uh, Jesus is dead, buried, resurrected, ascended into heaven. The disciples are out taking the gospel to the whole world. And now he's still rich. He's retired, but he's old. And he looks back over his life and he thinks about that day where he was told to follow Jesus and he went away. I believe that he would say that was the worst day of my life. That's the worst decision I ever made. And that decision has had a lifetime and an eternity of repercussions. He chose the wrong way. But then I think of that guy Zacchaeus. Jesus came to town, looked up in the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house today. And Zacchaeus said, oh, the house is a mess, Jesus. <laughs> we don't have anything to eat there. No, he didn't say it. It says that he got down and he invited Jesus and all his buddies to come to his house. And he became a follower of Jesus. Zacchaeus made the right choice. And then there were those brothers, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and Matthew. We find it down along the Sea of Galilee in their father's business, Zebedee. Uh, cleaning their nets after fishing, and Jesus comes walking down the beach. And it says, Jesus said, drop your nets and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I don't think they had any idea what he meant by that. Well, wait a minute, how am I going to make a living? All I know how to do is fish. You want to join a big adventure? And it says, and they immediately dropped their nets and followed him. And now we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Well, Yogi Berra did say, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. And my mama always said, in or out. Close the door. And so did your mama. So I'm asking you today. You're at a fork in the road. You got to take it. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the ancient way is the good way and you're going to find rest for your soul, why not get on it and trust him? That he's good. He has your welfare in mind. And he doesn't promise you a walk in the park, but he promises you a big adventure on the right path. And you can sleep easy at night without the accuser deep in your own breast, not worried about where am I going to end up at at the end of this life and in the life to come. Robert Frost has another poem. They claim it's the most famous poem in the United States. And it's uh, the road not taken. And he ends it with this statement. Two roads diverged into a wood. And I, I took the road less traveled by. And that's made all the difference. Two roads 
two gates, two roads, narrow and wide, one packed. The other few find it. One leads to destruction and the other leads to life. Do you know what Pascal's wager is? Blaise Pascal, the famous philosopher. He said, uh, you can't prove all this to be true, but he said, uh, if I were a betting man and I bet on Christianity being true and this being the right path and all that and I lived it and I died and here I was wrong, I still had a good life. But if I bet on it not being true and I don't follow it and I find out I'm wrong, man, I lost big time. I don't know about you, I'm betting on it all being true. As I look around and I look at other people that are walking the ancient path the good way, it proves to me even more so that it's true. Because I look at other people who are creating their own paths and doing their own thing, you watch them long, uh, long enough, and you're going to see destruction in their lives. You're going to say, that's not a good path. It isn't. So I ask you today, for those of you who know him, have chosen that path, are you staying true to that path? You're not a blue blazer, are you? <laughs> From the other sermon, you're not trying to take shortcuts, are you? Let's, uh, let's make a commitment to the straight and narrow, trusting the one who laid out the path for our lives. And at this ancient document, is truer than true. <laughs> and then if you're here and you've never made that decision, then I believe God brought you to here today for a reason. Because there's a path and there's a fork in the road. You've got to take it. And Jesus said today, or the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You may not even be sensitive to it tomorrow. So it's decision time. I'm going to lead us in two prayers, one for the believers, one for the non-believers. If it's uh, the expression of your heart, then you prayed along with me in your heart. God knows your thoughts. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, first of all, those of us who are on the path, those of us who've said that we want Jesus to be our way, we're people of the way. We recommit ourselves once again to being truly people of the way. We want to trust you for the straight and narrow being the right way. We're going to ask for the ancient paths, ask for the good way, and walk in it. And then, Jesus, if there's anybody here that you brought here today to hear this message because it's decision time for them and they know it deep in their heart. And that's you, then right now, if, if that's the decision you want to make, just in the depths of your being, say, Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ, your son, died for my sins and has a wonderful plan for my life that would honor you and be an adventure. And take me into eternity. Lord Jesus, come into my life. 
forgive me of my sins and put me on the straight and narrow. Lord Jesus, you know people's hearts. I pray that whatever that prayer was, that on down the road as they walk that path, they'll realize that this is the good path and that uh, they would honor you with their lives. We pray this all together. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks.